Welcome to Lasting Truth, a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills in Banning, California, where Pastor Ryan Hussein teaches the entire Word of God, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, giving our listeners the opportunity of receiving the full counsel of God. In today's program, we are studying the book of 2 Chronicles, chapter 9. Here's Pastor Ryan. Everybody doing good tonight? Blessed to be with you guys on a Wednesday night. So this Sunday we're having a barbecue like uh, Brother Joe said. We'll be cooking some hot dogs and sausage like we normally do once a month. And we just our way of blessing the people. We don't ask for a penny. We just want to bless the folks. And God uh, had put that on my heart a long time ago. So we try to remember to do that at least once a month. So come on out. Invite a friend. I'm going to give you some inside information about this Sunday. We have a guest speaker. Uh, his name is Josh Lawrence, and he is one of, uh, Ken Graves is one of his spiritual sons, and he does ministry. He came out of Ken's church. He's out of Bangor, Maine, but he um, went as a missionary to Kenya and started a church there that um, is doing very well. It blew up there, and he's doing a mighty work in Kenya and so he's going to be here uh, this Sunday with his wife. And also Ken Graves' uh, daughter, Jessica, is also coming with her husband, John. So we're really blessed and uh, to have uh, some of Ken's family here. So please come this Sunday and let's hear the word of God from Josh. It's going to be really good. He, uh, he has some stories to tell about Kenya. The ministry there is heavy, heavy duty. Amen. All right, turn with me in your Bibles this evening to Second Chronicles chapter 9. That's 2 Chronicles chapter 9, and give me an amen once you are there. And Father, we thank you again for your love, your grace, and your mercy upon us, Lord. And we're just so grateful, Lord, that you've brought us to this place and have given us this place where we can come and worship you and lift up your name and just bring glory to you, Lord, for you are worthy of all praise and all honor, Lord. And we're grateful for the cross, Lord. We're grateful for our salvation. We ask, Lord, that you would give us humble hearts to receive from you your living word, Lord. Holy Spirit, guide us into your truths. And Father, pour out your grace. May it be all of you and none of me. In Jesus' name we pray and together we say, Amen. Amen. All right, so... As you know, um, the temple in Jerusalem is, is now complete. It's been 20 years that King Solomon has built it. And uh, the writer in our last chapter was just sharing uh, more of King Solomon's achievements as a king. God is blessing Israel, blessing King Solomon. And uh, King Solomon had seized cities in the north and established them and and uh, planted or settled Israelites there in these cities. Um, he also built uh, storage cities and military cities and fortified cities. And so he's really securing Israel. And again, when one seeks the Lord and puts him first, that's where the safety is. That's where the fortification comes. And, and so King Solomon is, has done that for Israel through the Lord. And so we continue now in verse 1 of chapter 9, we read, <clears throat> Now when the queen of Sheba heard of the fame of Solomon, 
She came to Jerusalem to test Solomon with hard questions. Having a very great uh, retinue, that's a caravan, of camels that bore spices, gold in abundance, and precious stones. And when she came to Solomon, she spoke with him about all that was in her heart. And so Solomon answered all her questions. There was nothing so difficult uh, for Solomon that he could not uh, explain to her. And when the queen of Sheba had seen the wisdom of Solomon, the house that he had built, the food on his table, the seating of his servants, the service of his waiters and their apparel, his cupbearers and their apparel and his entryway by which he went up to the house of the Lord, uh, there was no more spirit in her. And so it, it, this is a beautiful story of uh, the Queen of Sheba uh, traveling uh, miles and miles to uh, see the wisdom of Solomon. She had no doubt heard about it. Uh, his fame was going out throughout the world because God had bestowed him with wisdom. God has, had bestowed his life with just blessings and his fame went everywhere. And Sheba, they believe, is in uh, southwestern uh, Arabia. So it's south of Israel, about 1,200 miles. That's a journey. And so she heard about that wisdom of the Lord in Solomon, and she made uh, the trek. I'm blessed at her story because it's one that Jesus refers to, right? He refers to uh, this story, this incident in Luke chapter 11. And in Luke chapter 11, one had cried out from the crowd, you know, blessed are, are, are you or blessed is the woman who bore you in the, the breast that fed you. And he said, better than this is better than he who better is he who hears the word of God and does it. And so the context of that in Luke 11 is that the hearing of the word of God is what Jesus was interested in the Israelites of his day, his own people. Like to hear the word of God and respond to it, to do it, to follow him, in other words. And uh, he goes on to, to say concerning uh, the queen of Sheba that the queen of the south uh, had, uh, had come from the ends of the earth to, to hear the wisdom of Solomon. And he said, indeed, there is a greater one than he. And that uh, he was so imp impressed of the distance that she traveled to hear Solomon that he commended her and said that, you know, in the judgment, she's going to rise up and judge the very generation that was denying him at the time when Jesus was preaching. And so he commended her. He commended her because though the distance was so far, she sought the wisdom of Solomon. And it's a reminder to all of us that as Christians, we really have a faith in which, yes, the Lord is with us always. He promised us. Yes, his Holy Spirit is in us. But we have a faith in which we get to take part in seeking after the Lord. And he blesses those of us who make the effort daily to seek him. 
and you look at her, that's 1,200 miles. Isn't it wonderful that God isn't calling us to seek him, you know, 1,200 miles away, but we can just simply seek him in prayer in our homes daily? But we live in a time where many Christians are making excuses for not seeking the Lord. Many Christians are not putting in the effort to seek him, to serve him, to, you know, seek out his people, to be involved in his church. That effort isn't there in a lot of people. And her story is in there to really put the body of Christ really on, on, on notice that God sees the efforts of his people to seek his face. Where is your effort tonight? I'm blessed that you're here tonight and you're hearing the word of God, but where is our effort for those that are watching, for those that are listening? I wonder where everyone's effort is tonight. I think our effort should always be considered and reconsidered as we seek the Lord. Lord, am I doing enough to seek you? Am I really giving it my all to seek your face? Am I loving you and seeking you with all of my heart, with all of my strength, with everything that I am? Am I seeking you? Am I putting the effort in? And it should be reconsidered because it, seasons change and, you know, we can fall, you know, out of passion or out of zeal for the Lord if we stop seeking him. And it's easy to make excuses. But the promise and the blessings are for those who take the effort to seek him out. He commended her. The queen of the south will rise up in judgment with, against this generation. That's what he said. Like this Gentile queen, not even Jewish, will rise up to judge. He commended her for her efforts. And it's amazing how many excuses there are out there for not being at church functions and not being a part really tight with the body of Christ. There really is no excuses. And that's why her story is in there. 1,200 miles. You know that in my early walk with the Lord and in my you know, marriage, when we had first got married and moved to Beaumont, you know, my job was still in Orange County. And so from Beaumont to Irvine, I had to drive Monday through Friday. And I just remember how terrible that drive was. I think it's like 70, 80 miles one way. And so I did that back and forth five days a week, serving the Lord. And I, I, I look back at that time and I think the reason why God allowed me to do that was because one day I'd be ministering to people who would have to make a, a, an effort, a long effort, in order to be a part of God's uh, church, if you will. When Before I got married and I was living in Almani, I would drive to Costa Mesa Sunday mornings to see Pastor Chuck Smith preach. And then I'd go back. I'd go back to Almani. I'd go home. Then I'd go back in the evening for evening services. All of that's in my history because if, if in ministry and in the church, if excuses are going to be said, they're going to kind of shoot towards leadership. And so I'm, I hear all of them. And I'm able to say, well, at one time I drove a very long way. I worked full-time for 10 years. I was bivocational. I drove to Fontana Monday through Friday, and it was an hour 
uh, each way and, and nine hour shifts and traffic and and car issues and and yet still teaching Wednesday nights and Sunday mornings and so um, but her stories in the Bible to really put us all on notice so that we would learn from her effort learn from her passion that she went far so that she can hear the wisdom of God from Solomon and so um, it is very biblical to to seek the Lord uh, with everything that you have and, and, and I pray it encourages just uh, uh, within all of us, let's put the excuses away. We're all tired. We all work. We all have, you know, families and, 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 and just cast it before the Lord. Lord, am I giving you the effort that I need? The effort that you're calling me to do because his, his bar in every season, you know, he, he gets to move it and raise it. And sometimes he lowers it, whatever season um, you're in. In Jeremiah 29, 11, verse 14, there's a promise for the seeker. That's Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not evil, to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and go and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me. When you search for me with all your heart, I will be found by you, says the Lord, and I will bring you back from your captivity. I will gather you from all the nations and from all the places where I have driven you, says the Lord, and I will bring you to the place from which I caused you to be carried away captive. And that's a promise to Israel, but it's a beautiful one that God has a future and a hope for us, but he calls us to seek him. And when we seek him, we'll find him and we search for him with all of our heart. And, and he's talking about the captivity towards Babylon with the Israelites. But all of us feel a sense of, 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 of captivity to the flesh, to the world, and to the enemy when we're not seeking God the way we should. When we're not putting in the effort because, you know, it, it's spiritual laziness. It can come and we're, oh, you know, uh, I, I want, God calls, God's going to do everything for me. That's not true. He calls us to step out of the boat. He calls us to seek him. He calls us to set aside time for him. He, call, he says in Psalm 46, verse uh, 10, be still and know that I am God. In Matthew 7, verse 7 and 8, Jesus said, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives and he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, it will be open. And he spoke of the Holy Spirit, like seek the Lord. Knock, right? Ask. Speaking of the power of the Holy Spirit in a believer's life. As if God is saying, unless you ask, you're not gonna receive. Unless you're willing to seek, you're not going to find. Unless you're willing to knock, the door's not going to be open for you. You know, we have our part to play. We have, you know, he has given us free will. And we got to put the effort in. Put the effort in. Seek him. Trust him in that. There's a benefit for it. That's when you really see things moving in your life. That's when Christianity works. He commended her. The queen of the south came all the way up. And she's going to rise up and judge this generation because she went so far to, to, to hear the wisdom of Solomon and indeed a greater one than he is here. 
Jesus has saved us from the pit of hell. He died on the cross for our sins. He rose on the third day for our justification. And then he says, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. Follow me. Take up your cross. Deny yourself and follow me daily. Put in the effort. I never thought Christianity was such hard work. Salvation is easy work on our end because he did all the work. But now that we, he has given us this free gift, we're saved by grace and faith in him. Then, then he says, now move, move. Do what you must do to get there. Do what you must do to serve me. And I'm learning that. I'm learning. I've been walking with him for 22 years. And he gets to change my schedule, raise the bar, change my eating habits, make sure I get sleep. All of those things he's in charge of still. We get set in our ways, right? Like I've always done Christianity this way, but then today's a new day. The same old, same old doesn't work. He wants more effort. Kind of like our children, right? We see them growing up and we teach them things and we teach them things. And, and as a certain age, you expect more of them. Rightly, you, we expect more of them because they're getting older. And so with the Lord, we've heard all the excuses. And that's why we get to read about him carrying his cross. We get to read about him, um, you know, just bearing all of that for us. Lest, the Bible says, we be discouraged in our souls. Paul the Apostle went all over the world by the power of the Holy Spirit. And he told the Corinthian church, when I came to you, I did not come to you in strength. I came to you in weakness. They took one look at Paul. He was short and bald-headed, and, and they didn't think much of him. They said his letters are powerful, but he, in stature, that dude looks weak. Exactly. That's all, all of us are. God has chosen the weak things of the world to confound the wise. And we have to, or the foolish things, and the weak things, and the despised things. So, you know, effort. But I love that she heard of his fame. She heard of his fame because of the, the wisdom. Uh, it went out that he was just very wise. And we know that God gave that to him. God asked him when he was, you know, inaugurated, you know, ask of me and I'll give it to you. Anything you ask. And he says, I, I, you know, I'm like a baby. I don't know how to come in or come out amongst the people. Give me wisdom. And the Lord was so blessed that Solomon didn't ask for riches, he didn't ask for, for more power, he just, for long life, length of days, he asked for wisdom in order to do God's job in leading his people. He goes, I'm like a babe, I don't know what I'm doing. And God blessed him with that wisdom. And we can look at this story and think, well, Solomon is just Solomon, he's famous for the wisdom, right? But you know, Jesus, so for, for those of us who would believe in him, that we would do greater works than he because he goes to the Father. You see, he intercedes for us. He pours out his spirit. So I don't think God wants us to look at Solomon and, and just raise him up here because he's so wise and God made him so wise. I think God is saying to us, that, you know, my wisdom is available for all of you tonight. For all of us tonight. His wisdom. And the wisdom of God is amazing. And it's given, I believe, at the spiritual birth of every believer. 
I really believe that. Because the Bible says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Where does wisdom begin in God's sight? It's not capacity to do math or build rockets. It's that you believe in God is the most wisest thing anybody can do. And it's given to us when we are regenerated and we put our faith in God. Wisdom then begins. But then we have to seek it out. And as we walk with the Lord, he bestows upon you and I wisdom upon wisdom upon wisdom. But it's the same thing. He's not going to open the book for us. He, he's calling us to go seek out his wisdom. In Proverbs chapter 2, you can write it down. Proverbs chapter 2, verse 1 through 7 says, My son, if you receive my words and treasure my commands within you, so that you incline your ear to wisdom and apply your heart to understanding. Yes, if you cry out for discernment and lift up your voice for understanding, if you seek her as silver and search for her as for hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. And, and that's a promise to all of us. If you cry out for wisdom to God, if you cry out for discernment, Oh, you can be assured by faith that he's going to give it to you. I don't know much. God did not call me because I'm like super wise or super knowledgeable. He called me because of his grace. And he equips the called. You know, he takes the inequipped and he equips them. He takes the weak, the foolish, the the, the, the um, despised things of the world and he bestows upon us wisdom and the world is just confounded they're confused at how normal people like us who don't know too much about things can come up with the most profound things from God because it is God through us his spirit but we get a part to play in it. He doesn't want us to be lazy. We got to get open the Bible. And I love the Proverbs because they remind me every month. First Proverbs, second Proverbs, third Proverbs. It reminds me that it's up to me to seek the wisdom. The wisdom's there, but am I going to go after it like hidden treasure? Am I going to study it? Am I going to meditate on it, think on it? Proverbs 22, 17 through 21. That's Proverbs 22, 17 through 21. Incline your ear and hear the words of the wise and apply your heart to my knowledge for it is a pleasant thing if you keep them within you. Let them all be fixed upon your lips so that your trust may be in the Lord. I have instructed you today, even you, have I not written to you excellent things of counsels and knowledge that I may make you know the certainty of the words of truth uh, that you may answer words of truth to those who send to you and it's interesting that you know it's Solomon here he had an answer for every question that Sheba had or the queen of Sheba had we call her Sheba she's from Sheba he had an answer right and even the proverb that I just read right now, it says that, that, that I may make you know the certainty of the words of truth 
that you may answer words of truth to those who send to you. All of us as believers. You know, you, you're living your life like so. And you come across friends or co-workers or strangers. And Thank you for joining us today at Lasting Truth Radio. If you're in the area, come on out and join us for Sunday services at 8.30 a.m. and at 10.30 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. We are located at 3035 West Nicollet Street in Banning, California. You can also find us on YouTube or Instagram. If you'd like to donate to our program, please do so on our website at ccsweethills.org and hit the online giving tab. We hope you will continue to tune in as we journey through the entire Word of God with the teaching of Pastor Ryan Hussein at Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills. We adore.